You are now listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. p.m. on the East Coast, and this is Lost and Rewound, the audio archive archaeology spanning the globe, or maybe just the city. <laughs> New York City, that is. We're coming to you from the rec room here in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. My name is Alon Danziker. I'm the host and producer for Lost and Rewound, and we bring this to you every week so we can get embarrassed with each other and connect the dots between then and now to learn just where and how we got to where we are right now and learn about our humbler, maybe humbler beginnings. Hard to say. One way to know for sure, if you want to be on the show and contribute what you have, please be our guest, be our guest, be our guest, uh, and email us at lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. If you want to listen to our show on the go, or any of the Radio Free Brooklyn fair for that matter, go to the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android and download the Radio Free Brooklyn app. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, you should also do that, as there are many events and ticket giveaways and special offers on swag swag and much, much more. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. It'll only come to your inbox once a month because we are dedicated to a spam-free world. Lastly, if you want to listen to any of our past episodes, we're all up on the web. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and if you go to our profile page at Radio Free Brooklyn org slash lar you can listen to so much episode m- more episode than your head can even contain you need to like space yourself out and feel a way out of it somehow some way i'm gonna uh, take this banter and throw it to the wayside right now because we have an insane show ready and lined up for you it's a high school related episode and it's about to begin right now Joining us on this edition, we have a round table of sorts, if you will. We have, as always, our friend Catherine Dunn. Hello, everyone. We have uh, a new member of the Radio Free Brooklyn family soon come. His name is Tyree Rush. Hey, guys. And joining us over the phone is a dear friend of mine who can currently be found helping animals all across the upstate New York region. <laughs> His name is Sean Kelly. I graduated high school with him and is still today this day one of my dear good friends. Hello, Sean. Hey, how's it going? Going great, man. Thanks for joining us today for this edition of Lost and Rewound. It's actually your second time on the show in theory. Do you remember the first in time? Theory? In th- In theory. You, 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 you were a willing participant of the show when uh, I went to Portland, Oregon to visit you and recorded a conversation that we had. Oh, that's right. I do recall sort of being involved, but not actually seeing it put into practice. 
Um, so you were living in Portland, Oregon up until uh, just like within the last year. Is that right? Probably just about, yeah, seven months ago, I think I moved. And you were living in Portland, Oregon for how long? Six years? Nine years. You were living actually. there for nine years. Jeez. You moved because of work stuff. Uh, you and your wife, uh, Patricia, um, both were sort of falling out of love with Portland, or what was the consensus? Uh, we moved back to the East Coast because we uh, were feeling rapidly priced out of the city that we had come to love and uh, decided that we wanted to start thinking about doing the family thing and being near family to do the family thing. It's a good thing to do, being around family to do the family thing. It feels an in, in, imperative that uh, you at least have that uh, safety net for when, you know, you need to work. You know, you got your parents to help you out. It's also really sweet, like uh, allowing access to a grandparent. That's, I think, the greatest gift True. you can give a child. Yeah, Sean, your uh, experience of going to Poughkeepsie Day School, uh, that building of which you and I shared uh, for six glorious years. And you were there yeah. for about a little more than me, I think, right? You were there for about seven, but not uh, in the same building. Yeah, I was there for, yeah, and not consecutively. Our 2001 graduation ceremony is now officially old enough to graduate high school. Mm. Wait, what? It was 18 years ago that Sean and I graduated from Poughkeepsie Day School. Nice. I actually graduated when I was 17, spoiler alert. Is that so? You were not 18 because your birthday was over the summer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I barely made our grade. You barely made the grade. Well, I guess that's a choice that we have as... or that, <laughs> I don't think I had that choice. No, it's not the choice that we have. Let me correct myself. People born in December get that choice. Hey, hey. I could have been the youngest person in a class above me, but instead my parents chose for me to be of the older, right? So our parents... They made you an outlier. I, I guess. I don't know. What if your parents choose like your uh like the royal you. Um our our parents have the choice to put us in a grade and make us, you know, be older or younger depending on when we're born in the year. Uh Catherine, I know your birthday's in the summer, so you have an op I guess you, your parents had that option. Oh, no option. There was no option. No. I think the December people were the ones with the options. Was it really? For my school, yeah. All right. That's the way I remember it cuz my friend Shannon I think she was like the youngest or something. Yeah. And I feel like she had the choice to go older or younger Tyria because of her age. I was her a birthday. January baby and I hated that because I never had the choice of having a birthday party at school. Yeah. Yeah. I hear Ooh, that. Yeah. That was never a case for you, Sean. Were you the youngest person in our graduating class? I think there was one person younger than me that had a slightly later August birthday. Do you remember who that person was? I believe it was Natasha. Yes. So our graduating class, y'all, was a total of 23 individuals. Whoa. What yes. Wow. That's the reaction that I think uh, anybody who graduates Poughkeepsie Day School normally gets when they tell somebody <laughs> my graduating class was like, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, th at the time, that size was quite modest because I noticed uh, keeping tabs, at least on my end uh, or over the years, that the classes got uh, significantly larger. In fact, one grade that was three years below ours uh, was 28, which was like, whoa. Almost 30, yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like a lot. That was I, was I was considered a lot. Sean, you remember we were like in seventh grade and there was a class that was six? 
the cl- the class of ninety six, I think, was like six people. <laughs> so did you guys? Did you say so? Like, were you guys all twenty three in every class together? No. Okay. No. So, like, for example, I sucked at math, so I got held back. But there was a, a one year I remember because I started and I didn't get algebra right at all. So by the time I was a senior, I never had to take calculus. I just was taking pre calculus oh. alongside a few other folks in our grade who also weren't deemed yeah. worthy to take calculus in senior year. I don't know if that's really a qualifier. I imagine that it's probably a a, do- a bullet do- that I dodged. Probably yeah, I don't I mean. know. Sean, you, you could you confirm at all how calculus was with Barbara Wood? <laughs> you know, actually, it was all right. It was all right. Although I almost didn't, I didn't make calc, I didn't immediately make calculus myself. I actually failed a uh, pre-calculus, but then I had a like a faux summer school with uh, Dwight. Uh huh. That snuck me into calculus. That's good. At the last minute. See, that was what was interesting about our school is, is that it was, it was so hands-on. It was so small. Like a private school of this nature in upstate New York, there's a lot of folks who are taking and spending their you know, hard-earned money to send their kids to this school all across the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were kids that, like myself, who traveled an hour. Uh, Sean, you were uh, you were raised in Wappingers Falls, which is something like, what, like 20, 30 minutes from Poughkeepsie? I mean, it's the town immediately south of Poughkeepsie. So yeah. I'm going to go with five to six minutes. And you started originally at the school in fifth grade. Mm, yeah. And after my previous school was absorbed by it because it went out of, it went bankrupt. It was a Catholic school, right? It actually was not a Catholic school, but it was widely believed to be a Catholic school because it was called St. George's, but it was not actually Catholic. And there were, weird. yeah, there was, a, it seems like there was a lot of, uh, ex, there was a, the mass exodus uh, resulted in uh, you and uh, a number of other kids uh, spanning other grades to flock over to Poughkeepsie Day as well. Well, it wasn't so much that there was a mass exodus as that me and several other kids were already enrolled for St. George's and they didn't announce that the school year wasn't going to be happening until I think it was only a few months. It was during that summer before I started at PDS. So, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of time for my parents to find some sort of alternate place. They were like, do you want to go to Catholic school? I was like, no. All right. Then I guess you're going to PDS. (laughs) Very good. Your parents made a good choice because uh, we met each other in eighth grade, ninth grade and became best buds. Found our connection through video games and anime, of which uh, I was decidedly m- much less proficient and knowledgeable in. Mm. Oh, don't be so modest. Well, I can say that I definitely didn't know anything about baseball then, and I still don't know anything about baseball now. But uh, 30-something-year-old Sean uh, is very much still into uh, all things video game and baseball. I guess. All no? things. All, not, not all things. Well, I mean, you still... You you still play uh, recreationally, like in a softball league, right? Or were you just doing that uh, before you left Portland? You know, no, I am actually still playing softball rec- recreationally. I have a freshly twisted knee from a tournament yesterday, Shit. actually. Sorry to hear. Yeah, whatever. It's uh, the perils of being 35 and playing like a 25-year-old. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, at least you're doing something more with physical activity. It's good. Let's get to the heart of the matter. Since we have you on the phone, we should begin and listen to some clips because the folks here around the table have no idea what I'm about to play. 
you do know what we're about to play. It's been far too long, and so I'm the only one with the power, aka the the, the recordings of which we could see here in the studio. And I'm sure once you hear, everything will be very clear. It'll just come right back to you. Great. <laughs> okay. So all the guests who um, would otherwise have been on the show and were not have given their consent for the, these clips to be played. Let's start off with one of our friends, Eric Justison. Start with a poem that I didn't write, but E.E. E. Cummings did, which is pretty good. <laughs> I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees, and for the blue true dream of sky, and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes. I, who have died, am alive again today, and this is the sun's birthday. This is the birthday of life and of love and of wings and of the gay, great happiness illimitably earth. How should tasting, touching, hearing, seeing, breathing, and elifted from the know of all nothing, human merely being, doubt unimaginable you. Now the ears of my ears awake, and now the eyes of my eyes are open. As E.E. comes. I'd like to thank my parents, my mom, my dad, Elaine. Mom, thanks for pulling all-nighters with me to finish my thesis. I'd like to thank Sarah, who I know is here, is here with me too. I'd like to thank my sister for being a great friend and for being a worthy adversary in our late-night chess games and spit competitions. She's in Prague right now, so she's not here. I'd like to thank my grandparents, who took her to Prague. And also my other grandparents, who are here now. And thank you, Grandma, for ironing my shirt this morning, and Papa for tying my tie. Um, I want to thank all my friends, old and new, as well as all my extended family who couldn't make the trip. Rihanna, I love you. <laughs> You've made this past year wonderful. Even though I came to PDS in 11th grade, I felt like I've been here forever. I remember coming back this year in September and looking around for the seniors. And then I realized it was us. <laughs> and here I am, graduating. This whole time has gone too fast and too slow. And I know this class that I've grown very, grown very close to, the class of 2001, will never fade away. Thank you. All right, all right. It's a pretty good standard bear for, you know, your, uh, you know, very, you know, bright-eyed uh, graduation speech. I would say that was a pretty good high school speech. I've been to a lot of high school graduations, and sometimes they're very dull. I'm so confused. Why are you confused? <laughs> Thesis. Thesis papers. <clears throat> yeah. Um, high school? <laughs> yes. Is he the valedictorian? No. 
Why? <laughs> because every because every student had the option <laughs> okay, I think in you the class. Said this, and I was like, no, no I don't think I did. Okay, good. But but thank you for bringing that up because that was something I probably should have prefaced to say. Every single student in a graduating class has the option to speak. Our class totally took advantage of that option in that not everybody wanted to speak. But on every single year, I can almost recall for, you know, what, five different years that I watched a graduation ceremony with all the classes that came before us. And Sean, you could back me up on this, that pretty much every single, you know, graduating uh, senior would speak. And our class was, I think, was the first one that sort of broke from that record. So you guys... I guess so, yeah. I don't remember a lot of people not speaking, but yeah, every year... People took advantage of it, and as you'll probably see, it often isn't even just speaking; it's performance and whatever else they decide uh, yeah. suits their fancy. Right. Um. So yeah, we we were given like two minutes. So it's an open mic. <laughs> you had an open Basically, mic yeah. at your graduation. Amazing. Yeah. Did I you mean, have to buy a drinks? Like, two drink minimum. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> No, I, that would have not been uh, that. That would have been frowned upon. But um, you know, there were there were some um, definitely com- more comedic performances of that day, um, and generally there's more yucksters that go up there. Um, I don't know, right? That's the right term. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, they, they, the teachers sort of gave us a very hard line. Like, you know, I think between two and three minutes, I definitely went over my time. Um, <laughs> Professional. <laughs> yeah, you know me. They didn't have the light there for you. No, yeah. the, no light. Just, that was their mistake. Just, 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 just our, uh, our high school uh, head of high school uh, looking glower, glowering. Glowering? Glaring? Glaring. Glowering. Glowering. Oh. Thank you, my man. Glowering, glowering. with her, like, evil eyes. Like, get it over with. Get it over with. <laughs> um. But that said, uh, yeah, the, everybody had the option to speak. I think Natasha, the one you just mentioned, was the only one of our class that didn't actually make it to the ceremony. Uh, she graduated, but she just couldn't make the ceremony. And then there were, I want to say, like maybe two of the women uh, we graduated with who did not choose to speak but everybody else did i think one of our classmates justin friedman went up there for like five seconds to be like i don't have anything to say i love everybody bye (laughs) cute sean let's get to your speech because your speech is oh uh, you know what before we do whatever happened to that guy and rihanna yes yes oh oh they're still married and they have two kids oh so that's the most amazing thing and i and i'm glad that eric gave uh permission for us to play that because it's just amazing uh, who do we even know that's still married to their high school sweetheart? Mike Fagan. Mike Fagan. Mike Fagan. Fagan. Yeah. Fagan. Yeah. That name sounds oddly familiar. Like Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. Yeah. He liked it. No. I don't know. But so, how long has Michael Fagan then? Is that what? Like, I won't be answering the how longs, but I will tell you <laughs> that. Um... <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> that Mike Fagan, older than myself, uh, was a bit of a dreamboat in my high school, but he was so in love with Danielle at the time, Femia. Does that always make them more attractive when they're in love with someone else? No, <laughs> but it makes him like a better person. Yeah. So it makes it more. Yeah, I get what you mean by like attractive, but 
not in that like bad way, just like oh, what a like, person. Yeah. Oh, why can't he like what, Eric? Can people do that but if they did like you, you would be terrible. It'd be like forget yeah. it, they're scum. Yeah, Eric. But they're still married. Eric, that's beautiful. Eric Two came kids. to our school in eleventh grade, and instantaneously by the end of the year started dating this woman who would end up being his long-term partner and then they ended up getting married and then they uh now uh have uh two sons i do believe um so yeah it's kind of wild you- mike fagan has two daughters maybe they'll get married Holy sean it's time for us to play your speech are uh any thoughts going into this do you have any recollection of what you wore on this day i actually know exactly what i wore okay <laughs> and i think i could probably recreate 90% of the speech verbatim <laughs> but I'm not going to because <laughs> we have your your 17 uh, year old self that's about to uh, be audibly uh, heard at the podium shall we I guess we have to diving di- <laughs> you can revoke consent <laughs> diving down it's the not cliff. too late, nope, too late to nope. say no. let me yeah. <laughs> diving down we're down let's do it first to clear the air, this graduation speech will not include any of the following. Words of inspiration to future graduating classes. My best interpretation of Swan Lake. Or any other earth-shattering revelations. However, I'd like to spend my time up here to share a couple of my favorite moments in my, uh, I guess, it's seven years now at PDS. So, uh, there's one time when, uh, I guess it was me and Flynn, we were flying back from Japan, and you have to realize that the flight back is 12 hours, so we were all really tired, and so I wake up on the flight, and right in front of me is about a 16-month-year-old 16, 16 kid running across glowing water, so I turn over to Flynn, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Flynn turns to me and he says, don't you know they're playing What Dreams May Come as the in-flight movie? So that was pretty weird. And uh, another, another time, uh, me, and, me and Phil back in uh, 10th grade, we were in history class, and uh, he had uh, got Liz pretty mad. I don't remember why, but he... he Afterwards, he was uh, trying to get out of it, and he's like, Come on, Lizzie. And she didn't appreciate that. So, uh, me being a good friend, I decided to try to bail Phil out, and I'm like, What? It's not like he called you a lizard or anything. <laughs> Needless to say, we both stayed after class. But... Enough uh, pleasantries. There's a lot of people I'd like to thank, but I'm not gonna do it. I can't. The laughing part. I can't. I can't. Thank you should be personal, and I don't. I don't feel saying it up here does all the people justice. I mean, there's so many people that have had an impact on my life, and I don't know. Just saying thank you up here. I don't know. It doesn't appeal to me. But. Most of the people that know me best know that I'm mad a few words. So let's not spoil that streak. Bravo, bravo. As always, bravo. Sean. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't nearly as awful as I 
feel like I thought it was going to be <laughs> hearing it again now. Isn't it amazing? It's like you proved yourself wrong, I guess. I guess. Sean, I thought your hair was going to be longer. I don't know why I assumed that because I have not met you at all. <laughs> but hearing your voice and then knowing that that was going to happen, I just assumed you would have like flowing locks. Mm. I don't think I've ever gotten quite to the stage of flowing locks. Well, how <laughs> so would you... I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you had a very uh, cute uh, ginger bowl cut. And, uh, right? I mean, I think that was the sort of the style that we were yeah. rocking. I don't think I ever called it a bowl cut, but that is what it was. I think it was a, <laughs> the uh, quote-unquote skater cut. The skater cut. You skater called it. That's what you would ask for. The mushroom really? cut. Really? Yeah. Mushroom. I like a mushroom the cut. The mushroom cut. For the, for the vegetable uh, inclined. <laughs> um, wait, so. Wait, it's actually a fun guy. You are a fun guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I got that, yeah. Did you do any public speaking? Like, that was when you had to, like, present uh, a project. Uh, how did you feel when being in front of a lot of people? I feel like my experience with public speaking, certainly at that age, is probably comparable to most people's. That, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of experience doing it, and I didn't especially feel comfortable doing it. But, you know, listening to my speech, you can probably tell that I like to think of myself as a funny guy, and occasionally other people think I'm a funny guy. You got some so good once you get there. up there and yeah, once you get a couple of those laughs, like you feel a little more at ease. I don't know. Like I, I didn't have anything super important that I was trying to convey to a group of people. So I didn't feel too pressured just recounting some stupid stories at the time. You decided to say, nope, I'm not going to thank anybody. I'm not going to even thank my parents because it's just not in my nature. I, I realized that that mostly is a fundamental flaw of me. I'm kind of an ungrateful person. <laughs> I know that. Um, it is something that is a you know constant work in progress for me. Um, so I do feel kind of like an asset, you know, in hindsight. But listening to it, I'm like, ah, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. Did you thank them privately? Yeah. Yeah. You sure? Private thank yous. He are thanked me. Better. He thanked me privately. <laughs> sounds steamy. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's uh, what's what's funny about our relationship over the years, Sean, is is that uh, um, I feel like I got the greatest gift of thanks from you, um, in that uh, I got to officiate your wedding. Yeah, I I, I guess that is the greatest <laughs> form of thanks. I don't, I you know, I didn't really think of it that way. It was just like you seemed like the appropriate person, and uh, I knew you'd do a good job. Thank you. And uh, we care about you up here. Yeah. I'm so happy that uh, that uh, I, that it's got that lasting power, that uh, really awkward haircut of me of mine on that very sweaty August day. You're almost celebrating uh, three years, I think, right? Is that correct? Uh, three years of bliss? Yeah, three marriage years of, of marriage uh, later this summer. Beautiful. Um, he corrected bliss to marriage. I just want to point that out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. For real? We're going to go that way? Uh, I always go that way. <laughs> you don't want to go that way? Don't invite me. The two words are synonyms. Oh, okay. <laughs> Supposedly. No. Um, let's take a quick breather. And then when we return from this word from RFB, uh, Sean Kelly is uh, calling from upstate New York. We got Tyree and Catherine here in the studio. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. 
Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. We have returned. And welcome again, if you are just joining us and you just like turned on Radio Free Brooklyn and in the middle of this program, you're tuned into Lost and Rewound. And uh, we've got uh, the, the, uh, the special high school graduation edition featuring uh, a few folks around the table here who are learning about my experience along with our guest over the phone, uh, Sean Kelly. And Sean, uh, so far... Uh, are you getting any like visual picture for that day at all? How did that day feel to you? Was it just sort of you're just ambling along on this day, June 6th, 2001? Describe ambling along. I don't know. Ambling, rambling, gambling, uh, dambling. I don't know. Uh, you know, was like, w- was there anything that stood out in that day? Or was it just all like a freaking blur of just like relatives and friends and flowers and lots going on? You know, I, I think of it mostly as a blur. I can sort of picture giving my speech, although I think it's one of those memories where, like, the memory is of me looking at myself giving a speech, so obviously not a real memory. But the funny thing is I actually have two photographs um, from that graduation day that I have framed that I actually still have, like, in circulation, you know, with photographs that I put out wherever I have lived for the last 18 years. So like my memory of it is, you know, supplanted a lot by those two photographs that I have, one of which you're in with Flynn and another one is with me with a couple of my other good friends from the graduating class. That, that, that picture is incredible of the three of us because, um, we're so different in looks and like what we had worn that day. I'm, very short. So I had to like go up on my tippy toes to make it seem like I was at all tall, as tall as the two of you. But, <laughs> but I meanwhile, like you'll see my speech in a little bit and I'm wearing a suit. I'm wearing like a jacket. And the two of you guys uh, were, you know, much, much more uh, uh, confidently rocking uh, short sleeve uh, button downs, which was, I think, the way it really should have been on my end as well. Do you remember picking the suit or do you feel like your parent was like, wear a suit? I think my parents were definitely on 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 call with the helping me look as spiffy as I did. Gotcha. And by spiffy, I do mean, you know, over, overly dressed, yeah. overdressed, <laughs> very overdressed. <laughs> a nice summer suit. Yeah, I guess you can call it a summer suit. I don't know what that means. What is a summer suit? Not Usually what you were wearing. Linen. Not yeah. what it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> linen. Linen is a summer suit. Yeah, but, linen. Well, I want to get to the next uh, speech by somebody that uh, I mentioned to you over a uh, text, Sean. Her name is uh, Emmanuelle Joessant, and she is an amazing woman who we were privileged to be in the presence of for, I think she started in also 11th or 10th grade um, at our school. And... She 
and I just recently got back in touch. Manu is what we used to call her for short, and she still goes by that. And she lives in Massachusetts now, doing social work. She definitely gave us permission to play this, so I'm very grateful. Do you remember even the last time that uh, you spoke to Manu, Sean? Uh, it would have been either would have been graduation or that summer. Her and I did hang out outside of school a few times, uh, but I can't remember exactly the last time I would have saw her. She's delightful. I'm gonna play this, and uh, I'm sorry that she couldn't join us for this, but uh, I'm. Happy to like have this picture of who she is and be able to say that like we knew some we know somebody this awesome. Sean, thoughts that go into your head hearing that? I don't know. I, I mostly just think about her and think about um, times that I remember hanging out with her. Um, 
yeah her and i had a few random like good times like went to we went to incubus concert at <laughs> knickerbocker arena which no longer exists in albany wow that's a deep cut i remember yeah this. and i used to like incubus uh, you used to like incubus yes the one song that we all like you didn't but you didn't have her out their album no or go to their concert or go to their concert. i mean you know in 2001 i couldn't even leave the house like alone no so. <laughs> yeah but i like wait that. i'm curious I'm curious. What is the one song that we all like? Whatever tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, everyone Praise loves that song. I'll be there. Because it's I'll like, it's there. nihilistic, but then it's also just a little bit hopeful. What's the other one? Because there's two Pardon popular me? ones. How does that go? Can you sing Pardon it? me while I burst into flames. Nope. No? No. <laughs> no, it's she's thinking of Stellar, right? Can you do it? Can you sing a little of it? Yeah, Sean, can you sing a little stuff? Meet stomach? me in outer space. Nope. <laughs> How does it feel when you make me feel like I do? Come on, Sean, like I do. <laughs> How does it feel when... No, make me feel like... You got it. Ever knew... Yeah. What was the one you did? Whatever. Too okay, so it's not that one. It's the other one. What, you... you what? <laughs> that was popular. <laughs> I think we read through all no. of the popular Incubus no, songs. No, keep going. Keep going? No, we don't have time to do that. We don't have time to... <laughs> Entertain go. me. How many Incubus songs do you know? I know at least one you haven't sang. <laughs> Are you thinking of Hoobastack? Because if you're confusing the two of them... <laughs> I'm thinking of Chumbawamba. No. Oh. <laughs> I, I have it. I have thinking of Megalomaniac, which came like five or six years later. I don't know. But I don't think I can sing that one. I, one of my favorite Manu memories actually was when I was driving in the car with her and I was playing either Elliot Smith or the Eels. And I was going through, in my junior and senior year, the most emo of phases in terms of music <laughs> that was not interpolating any of the you know, standard bears for what emo uh, is usually um, synonymized with. You know, I feel like Dashboard Confessional, if I was any younger and you know, grew up with that in high school, probably uh, I would have uh, shunned but uh, the eels, or eels, uh, as you know, that song they did, Novocaine for the Soul, there was another album that they released after their first album that uh, I would play called Electroshock Blues that Manu was, like, so happy. She actually told me later on, like, as we graduated high school, she's like, thank you for introducing me to that album. And I was like, cool. Like, that's awesome that I could be able to uh, bestow like i don't know you, you have a friend that you you introduce an album to when you're growing up and you're in high school and yeah. they didn't know about it and you break you put it onto them and then they get really into it that feels nice yeah you did like that you imparted something on them do you have a memory of, of something like that uh i mean like everyone a lot of my friends were in bands and stuff um when i was in high school so i had a friend graham he's actually in a band now called new madrid and he had this like hideous like soccer mom van <laughs> and it was it was filled with so many cds so many cds Catherine, what about you i don't remember like bitch is always trying to copy my shit <laughs> so i'm not gonna sit here and remember every time i am you're the person you don't like when like you're the people that you like get too popular because it feels like it's less special to you i'm not that person okay. um i just find it annoying when people straight up steal my shit gotcha. um but no uh i remember like the people who've influenced me with, with 
you know, changing a whatever, like a boyfriend that would make a mix. Mixtapes? Well, I mean, obviously a playlist. A playlist, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, a mixtape of sorts. I made some mixtapes. <laughs> I think my favorite memory with Sean, uh, our shared love for a band called Goldfinger. Uh-oh. Yeah, I was thinking of a Goldfinger related story from this conversation because you were asking about introducing other people to albums that you really liked did, and did you, you um, I, did i introduce goldfinger to you i yeah i think the answer is yes they were playing um, goldfinger on rrv wrrv all the time so you must have heard it independently of me you just didn't know it maybe actually you know what i think i got into goldfinger uh, from the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it. Nice, nice. Yeah, the we. Uh... Uh, but I remember introducing that album Hang Ups to Kelsey Mallet, who was another person at PDS that was a grade above us, because we would go on ski trips every year as the high school, and yes. I guess some middle school too, and um. Some people were cool enough that they would roll out in someone's car rather than in the bus that mm, would go out. So yeah. we would play our own music in there. And I remember playing Hang Ups on the way out to Catamount um, with Kelsey in the car, Kelsey's sister, myself, and then our other friend Ingram. And I remember Ingram specifically rating the album like a 5 out of 10. And then everyone was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I remember those ski trips very well, uh, although I was uh, determined to endure that bus ride for the best of my abilities. The best part of riding in the bus was that like, sometimes they would let the students pick the movie to put on. And I remember that Phil was always like trying to put like Chevy Chase movies on, like Fletch and stuff. Hell yeah. We saw The Matrix one time, and someone got Dragon Ball Z up in there, too, which I found... <laughs> the live-action right. Dragon Ball Z? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. no that's that's actual that anime. live-action. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great. I was about to say. This, this was... I don't... But the best part... Yeah. It would have been... Like, the Dragon Ball Z would have been subtitled, and it would have been on, like, the, like you know, set six-inch by six-inch TV, so you couldn't read anything. Nope. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's about right. Um, okay. I think it makes sense that we should uh, be so lucky to watch my graduation speech. How about that? Are I'm excited. We, Ego. <laughs> are we ready? Did your closer kill before yes. we start? Excuse me? <laughs> Did your closer kill? Did I close? Did your closer kill with the audience? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I killed. I slayed, shall we say. Okay. All right, I'm let's ready. do it. I think one of my toughest goals as a person, not just a student, was to cope with the unpredictability of my own reactions and emotions. My eccentricity gave an uncomfortable intensity. My eagerness was immensely scary. My sincerity came off like I was trying too hard. My learning disabilities created frustration. My good intentions took a turn for the worse. And these were only two people. The way it felt for me to see these good intentions bounce back and knock me down, it was distressing. And I had no idea what to do. But the thing that saved me here at PDS is how people in this school really are there for you, even if you aren't very close to them. Even if you show signs of help in the smallest degree, someone is there to help you. I always felt comfortable going to this school, for no matter the workload, the social pressures, 
there is always the little glimmer of light that is on just for you. If I was not in PDS, I think it's safe to say I'd be a lot stupider. Plain <laughs> <laughs> and simple. Uh, if I was not in PDS, though, I might have had more girlfriends. <laughs> No question that whatever the case socially and academically, PDS has prepared me for the real world. And I feel ready. I feel it in my pants. <laughs> I have way too many things that go through my head every time I watch that video. Sean, thoughts? Well, I want to hear what the people that didn't experience PDS have to think about it. Because, I mean, I know what to expect from you, really. Yeah. It's like you're experiencing PTSD right now. PTSD. (laughs) Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I wanted to do something clever. I wanted to do something uh, a very, very like on brand. Dancing and singing uh, was something I did. I was a theater kid. So, gotcha. I mean, I wanted to do something that was theatrical in nature. And uh, luckily, nobody else had that bug in the class other than me when it came to doing things that were unabashedly white boy and extremely um, hammy. I like that you said that it was on brand because, like, listening to it, I'm like, this is so unapologetically Elon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I'm learning is that we're just the same. We're just we're just who we are as yeah. children. Like the the video of me, whatever. I'm like that. I'm just the same yeah. person. You're karaoke. Like you're the same person. Yeah. You're still doing the same. <laughs> <laughs> I have not fucking changed ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, some things have changed. But also, uh, I love that you got a guy to play for you. Like, I'm, how did you guys do it? And did anybody else do music? No. Like, was he just chilling with his guitar? The setup, the way that they had told us was that simply he would take the guitar and he'd play it on the floor and I would just be there singing into the microphone at the lectern. 
the podium. So yeah, I mean, the way that it worked out, we I just made sure that I got permission, and we had to practice Nerd. like. We had to practice like a whole, you know, I guess the truncated version, if you will, to allow for time. Our last one that we're going to listen to, one of Sean's best friends, Ingram Weber. Before I do this, I just want to get one thing very clear. You might have gotten the wrong impression of me from some of these these comments. I I do not wear leopard pants. All all that much. looking good in the dress, uh, I can somewhat honestly say I sort of don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, um, I've been at the school since kindergarten, and uh, every year I've watched uh, different individuals graduate, and at the time I was always trying to think of uh, what, I, what I was going to say, and what if, if any kind of message I, I wanted to deliver, and um, over the last couple of years I've been hearing tons of complaints about PDS, mostly about the ease with which people can uh, can slack off and the, the lack of accountability. And I, I just feel like I can't really, I feel really uncomfortable leaving here if I didn't say just something about this. So I thought of making changes, such as adding grades or detention, and uh, how that would change the culture of the school. And of course, that begged the question, what is the culture of the school? What's the, what's the point of it? And the best chance I could come up with was simply that, in almost all cases, the critics were right. PES does have the potential to be a slacker mecca. The, uh, the, the total lack of grace is the potential of forming people a, a false sense of security, and the complete lack of a detention system does have the potential of leaving students with a feeling that they have just carte blanche to do whatever they please. But what I think is offered, along with these potential problems, and what I believe is the dominant theme of, of at least my PDS education is just the simply just intellectual and creative freedom. Any person here who has ever taken a art, a gym, a history, whatever, English, language, science, or even just thought of creating their own class knows that the amount of leeway available to explore something that you, the individual, are interested in is, is simply unparalleled anywhere else. So PDS, I feel, offers this huge amount of freedom, but with the ultimate goal of helping to develop the individual. But like the school's drawbacks, this opportunity is only a potential one. In other words, no one can teach you how to explore yourself. Incentives such as good grades and warnings like detention, they're just, they're just too artificial. They don't foster in a person curiosity or a desire to explore, but instead just cause the individual to blindly study for a meaningless letter as opposed to working for the most important and usually most demanding boss, him or herself. So I guess what I really want to say to every future PDS graduate is that this school has the potential to be a total waste of your time. But, but more importantly, I imagine that there will be very, very few comparable opportunities to truly explore yourself. For all the potential problems of PDS are really just very minor consequences of this this unmatched freedom. I, so on an unmatched freedom kind of note, really want to thank my parents for sending me here and for, especially for paying for this. I know you didn't expect to uh, send me to private school for 13 years. Um, I want to thank all my teachers from kindergarten up, especially Don, Barbara, Mike, Peter, Bruce, Suko, Jonathan, Allison, Liz, 
destroy everybody and of course all my friends and everyone I've, I've ever met here and you may not realize it but uh, I really really love and been touched by every single person here and I just want to say thank you so much would Ingram have been the valedictorian hmm. I'm assuming you guys didn't have those we did not okay <laughs> He would have been in the conversation for sure. Definitely. He really offered a very objective point of view and a very brave objective point of view in front of so many people, so many parents and so many families who have traveled so long to see their kids graduate. And this kid's like, this, this place might be a waste of your time. And your parents' money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ingram is in Singapore right now. Last time I spoke with him, he was in Singapore. So I think that is still currently accurate. Yeah. When I spoke to him, he said he was going to a startup conference in Bali. So he's traveling, doing a business thing, and he's like evidently fluent in, I think, at least a few different languages. He's a prodigious polyglot. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a very good way to put it. If you had the opportunity to say something at a graduation speech to, like, to bestow to younger generations, if you could put yourself in that moment when you were a senior in high school and, you know, being able to get that platform, what words of advice or what, like, way would you use that platform? I would tell them to avoid responsibility at all costs and learn <laughs> how to make money. Low risk, responsibility, okay, I, I dig that. Um, and, like, enjoy it while you can because it will end. I actually did speak at a graduation. You did? Yeah, it was, like, eighth grade, though. I spoke at a my high school graduation too but it was like a welcome which is just like a, a silly thing to give anyone to do wait i don't understand what, why what is the welcome so yeah you welcome the people who are coming to see their children graduate to the school to watch their kids it's like they yeah. know why they're here i don't i don't understand i think they just wanted someone diverse on the stage and so that was what i did the welcome uh <laughs> but in the eighth grade speech um, I said something that I thought was profound when I was 13, I guess. Um, it was like, you can say whatever you want, but is saying what you want going to get you what you want? Saying versus doing. Yeah, like, I think we don't really talk to hear ourselves speak. I mean, we do, but ideally when you say things, you want specific results to happen. Prolocutionary effect. You have to curve your speaking and the way that you speak to get the results that you want out of people. Yeah, for sure. So I was teaching them how to be manipulators. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was my goal. Sean, if you were given uh, an opportunity or a platform to speak at a graduation, would you take the opportunity? You mean to speak again or to speak about something that actually matters? <laughs> I, I guess uh, both or either or I should say. I guess I would say yes, but I feel like that's a, it's such a bizarre thought experiment to like have to then think about experiencing like high school as a different person than myself or maybe the way that I'm reading the question is it whether I had the opportunity to redo my graduation speech yeah. at PDS would I make the same speech that's a, that, I think the answer probably would be no okay I don't know what I would say now maybe yeah. I would try to sound like not an idiot but I kind of like being remembered as the idiot. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You I, heard, to say, Tyree. I heard your speech like a little differently. I thought like, because towards the end of it, you were like, you know, I could say thank you, but in this artificial way, it doesn't mean as much. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, like I thought it was endearing. 
Okay. It's like I'm not performing thanks. I'm actually going to just be thankful. I'm glad that it was conveyed that way than, and you decoded it the way that I intended. It clearly comes off almost as like a joke when in the speech because everyone like, laughs at it, basically. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh. And I, I know that my delivery also like hmm. played it up as a joke almost. but Yeah. Sean, you're uh, doing more than just uh, vet tech in Upstate. You're also getting back into what uh, people know you for, which is art. Uh, you are illustrating and writing your own web comics uh, again for the first time in uh, years. You took a break. Yeah, I uh, used to run a web comic for a few years, maybe five or six years ago, with uh, another cartoonist and friend of mine from undergraduate, and uh, I resurrected it. Uh, when I moved back to New York, and um, it's actually on hiatus again, but kind of transitioning the comic from being more of like a gag thing to more of like a journal comic kind of thing, and maybe not as many jokes as uh, it used to be. Where could people go to take a look at those uh, comics online? People can read the full archive of the original strip at roysboyscomic.com. Or they can read the most recent stuff on my website, which is Sean, S-E-A-N, D, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, dot com. Sean Kelly here on Lost and Rewound calling in. Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Catherine, you have your NYC talent show coming up on Sunday at 9 at Creek in the Cave. But you could also be heard here on Radio Free Brooklyn every Saturday from 3 to 4 for Dunson and 7 to 8 for Art Star Scene Radio. That is correct. Tyree Rush has been joining us this week. Uh, Tyree, you're about to join Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, I've been doing a podcast separately for a while, and now I'm joining the network. Uh, my podcast is called Serially Single, and we talk about that. <laughs> Very good. And if people want to go online, uh, or what, do you know when that'll air, or rather? Yeah, uh, like next week, literally. We have episodes up already. If you just, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, it's already available. Mm -hmm. um, Serially Single Podcast. And yeah, I'm on Twitter at Tyrelvin, T-Y-R-E-L-V-I-N. Before we go, just to remind everybody that the Radio Free Brooklyn After School Program is called Radio Free Brooklyn Teen Squad Live. It's a local after school program for local teenagers designed to learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. It happens right here in the rec room. If you would be interested in participating or donating to Radio Free Brooklyn Teen Squad Live, please go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash teen squad. And remember, again, all your donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. My name is Alon Danziger. We will be back here. Who knows who will join me? But all I can say is, is that we will all be getting embarrassed with each other on Radio Free Brooklyn. Lost and Rewound signing out for another Thursday. Thanks, y'all. Bye.